0: Hello, this is Marissa Schaefer, and this is Dance World Podcast, so I'm back with another important COVID-related episode. As a dance medicine provider, it's at the top of my list to relay information to the dance community regarding COVID-related resources, such as where to find mental health support, what you need to know regarding returning to the studio post-quarantine, and how to eat healthfully on a budget, amongst other things. But equally as important as disseminating information is turning to the dance community at large to see what they're doing and how we can support them. Enter the four wonderful women who volunteered to be a voice on this podcast. Last week, I posted on Instagram asking for dancers to speak candidly about their experiences during the pandemic. Jennifer Snyder, Alexandra Carter, Alexa Torres, and Sofia Blasco answered my call amongst many others. These four resilient and resourceful women gave me answers to my questions that I really wasn't expecting. My greatest take-home was that despite the hardships that come with a global pandemic, there is still a lot to be gained from this time of relative isolation. I want to say thank you so much to all the dancers who volunteered to be on this podcast. There are many more who answered my post uh, who were unable to be part of the interview. And lastly, I want to acknowledge that while these dancers represent an important part of the dialogue, I recognize that there are many other stories and experiences that are not represented here. To those who have something else to contribute, we'd love to hear from you. And with that, I hope you enjoy episode 82. Buckle your seatbelts. On this episode, nutrition, life coach, dance and performance, psychological and today you are in for Hi. Hello. This is Ellie Kushner. And this, this is Marissa Schaefer from DanceWell Podcast. DanceWell Podcast. Hello to all of you and welcome to Dance Well Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. So we are going to start by having you go around and just introduce yourself. Tell me your name, where you're dancing or where you teach dance or whatever it is and uh, how you're involved in dance. So Jennifer, can we start with you?
1: Hi there. My name is Jennifer Sider and I am a New York-based freelance dancer. I currently... Well, sort of currently dance with the Metropolitan Opera Ballet, Laura Peterson Choreography, and then I I am a part-time instructor at Rutgers University where I teach
2: ballet and modern dance.
1: Great. Thank you. Alexa?
2: Um, My name is Alexa Torres, and I am currently in Washington, DC, but I am from Dominican Republic. I have been dancing with the Washington Ballet for three years now, and this has would have been my first year um, with the actual company. Um, uh, yeah, so pre-COVID, I was a company member with the Washington Ballet.
3: Great, thank you. Alexandra. Hi, my name is Alexandra Carter. I am a freelance dancer um, based in Brooklyn, New York. I attended um, Rutgers University, actually, for two years. And then I uh, made, uh education at the Trinity Laban School of Music and Dance in London, UK. Um, and then, yeah, I've just been freelancing in New York since then. Great. Thank you. And Sophia?
4: Uh, my name is Sophia Blasco. I'm also a freelance dancer. I'm based in New York, um, and I'm a recent graduate of Marymount Manhattan College.
0: Great. Awesome. Okay, so I'm thank you all for being here and for representing a bunch of different pockets of dance and New York heavily, but also DC. Yay. Um, so I wanted to start this conversation by asking you all um, about your experiences during COVID. And I specifically want to know how it's changed or not changed your relationship to dance. So who wants to start? Alexa, go ahead.
2: So Uh, Towards the very beginning of the pandemic, I was in a very weird place because I started dancing like on my cement floor by my staircase. Um, I had no Marley and like the company itself was also kind of like figuring out classes and everything. So honestly, for a bit, it was it was weird. You know, I was getting really upset and just like anxious about it. But I can say that During that time, I kind of realized that that was the new normal. And I found myself with a much better relationship with dance. And I think it has to do with the fact that I'm like only with myself now. Um, There's not really an influencing factor outside of me when I dance. And it's like reminds me every day of like why it is that I dance. Um, And as a company member, it's also been different to be alone. And I, for me, it definitely benefited me mentally. Um, and I feel like I've actually come to a place of growth. So yeah, I actually, it shifted in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Little
0: pearls. Um, you know, it's interesting, like I've actually talked to a few dancers like that who are like, you know, especially more so students but like people who are being watched all the time when you don't have those eyeballs on you it allows a space for you to finally do some self-exploration that otherwise I feel like there's not enough mental space to do you know when you're in a studio when you're you know with teachers or directors and all that kind of stuff yeah it's really interesting Alexandra
3: um piggybacking off of that I also have found that um something that has been coming to me even right before COVID was that I can't separate myself from the audience. I'm always considering, even when I'm alone, I'm kind of considering what, what does this look like from this angle and what does this look like from this angle? So something that I've been kind of uh, healing from, I think, uh, is that that audience is the, is the purpose of what I'm doing. So starting more from the internal and seeing, like, what does this feel like? And it doesn't have to even be a visual to somebody else. If I'm exploring something very internally, um, it might not show to an audience member or anybody. Um, and that is still a valid exploration. And I think that's something that I've been kind of exploring as well, um, as well as healing in general. I think that's been the main focus for me, uh, even just right before COVID hit, but Especially since we've been dealing with this worldwide uh, episode of of sickness, you know, I mm-hmm. think healing is a very important element that we're all kind of being bringing our attention to now.
4: Mm-hmm. Can you go
0: into a little bit more what you mean by healing in general?
3: Oh, uh, I think. That's kind of a deep thing. I've I've been exploring uh, self-healing. I think when we think of healing, we think of going to a doctor and taking medicine and things like that. But um, there's a lot of internal things that even just behavioral things or um, like growing up in a really competitive dance community. uh, No, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And, you know, you go to a teacher with something that hurts or whatever, and maybe they can help guide you towards healing. But I was never really told like your body heals itself and just focus on what your body is telling you to do and, and listen and spend time in those areas. And it's not about like, okay, we got to go. Like we have to get this performance. Like, let's do it. Like, you know, like that push, we always push through, I think, a lot of the things that we need healing from. And that's even like an emotional thing, just, you know, when you think of something that happened years ago that you're still like embarrassed about or something like those are things that we might need healing from or things that our family has said to us that we just keep harboring. So sure. I think healing is a multi-dimensional thing. Um, but self-healing I think is something that I am trying to uh, embed in myself and then help spread to other people. Cause I don't think that we spend enough time exploring that concept
0: I think that was so beautifully said. I think, you know, also my experience Thank has been you. that dance is we, – we seek validation from others so much and we rely on this is good or, like, fix this and yada, 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 right? That, like, doing that for ourselves is so hard and that's – I mean, the tables have been turned in such a big way, you know? I um, I've seen that personally, you know, as a physical therapist too – that a lot of people rely on my hands and come fix me, which I don't believe in, but fix me, fix me. Um, and then, but being forced to be behind a screen and actually like working with people and like watching people realize that they have the power. I mean, obviously I'm taking this in a physical realm, but like it transcends other areas as well. Watching people understand that they can do things for themselves that doesn't directly deal with me has been one of the most exciting things for me in the pandemic professionally, yeah. Yeah, Jennifer.
1: Yeah, and just to comment a bit on the sort of the healing aspects that have resulted, I think from the time for reflection and self-reflection. I have found even though I love performing and I miss it so much, I have found that through reflection everything surrounding the actual performance has become more important than the actual performance, if that makes any sense. The showing up um, to prepare, being with your colleagues, the camaraderie, the pre-performance talks, the post-performance drinks, the um, the rehearsals, the chats, the stretching, the, the sweat of being in class with people. Um, I think dances is, beautiful rare activity that we can communicate so deeply with other people without speaking there's really a lot of strength and beauty in the collective nature of moving our bodies with other people in space and i think through reflection i miss that so much and it's not not even the performing at the actual time on stage of course is beautiful but I miss those conversations. I miss the hugs. I miss the, I miss the mistakes on stage and the giggles and the, you know, the antics. And um, yeah, I think that's really changed my, my, the way that I look at dance. Um, It's uh, the friendships are lifelong. Um, Yeah, yeah, I miss
4: it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, I totally get that. Sophia, did you have something you wanna share?
4: Yeah. Well, just kind of going off all of that, the healing and, you know, I just, I feel like it's all been put into perspective for us. Like it's so much harder to motivate yourself to like go dance in your small kitchen or your basement Mm -hmm. by yourself on a Zoom class or an Instagram class. And it's just made even just being able to take a 20 minute bar so much more special. Um, And kind of going off what you said, Jennifer, like it's not of course, it's about the performance, but it's not really anymore. It's like I want to dance, so I have to do it in my kitchen, and I have to do it by myself. And it, it just puts it all into this new perspective of why we're dancing and how we're dancing.
0: Um, actually, Sophia, like you specifically, you've, you're have you a recent graduate. You said of Marymount, Manhattan, mm-hmm. right? So you're like yeah. just stepping into this like whole wide professional world. Like how, how do you feel being in that part? that that part of your journey going, like, in the middle of a pandemic?
4: Yeah, it's been really weird. I've, I have days and I completely feel like I've lost, like, a very important year. You know, it's almost a year of figuring out which open classes I want to take and how I'm going to audition and where I'm going to audition. Um, but I've also had a lot of time to think about a lot of different things. Um, specifically for me, because of other personal things, I've started to think about all the people that don't have the opportunity to take dance classes, even before a pandemic, um, and so that's kind of changed my mindset. You know, I I know that when everything starts up again, I will walk into a class or an audition and I'll dance the way I always have my whole life. Um, and for me, my mindset's kind of changed to like, oh, all the people that don't have the access, that have never danced, that want to dance. Um, of course, you know I, the auditioning and trying to get a job is extremely difficult right now, and that's been really hard. But it, it's given me a new perspective for sure.
0: Nice. Yeah, Alexandra.
3: Um, uh, in reference to the the Zoom classes. I feel like that's something that we didn't really consider a possibility before the pandemic. And that's a route that um, has opened up a whole new can of worms, like considering what I want to be doing, but then also like, oh, I could, I could do a Zoom teaching. I could do a Zoom workshop. I could, I can take class from these people that I'd never had access to because now all of a sudden everybody's doing it. Um, so that has opened up a whole new realm of possibilities that, uh, in a way it kind of is a little overwhelming and it's also a little bit, uh, encouraging and inspiring and definitely different. Cause you know, even if you have access to a computer and you can do a zoom class, like you might not have space to do it, or I've seen, I was in a workshop and somebody was outside and like, uh, I just, I love that that is something that has, uh, Come out of this in a positive way is that new realm of we can we're I think we're infusing technology in a different way than oh I can just take a video and then share that sure. video.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was actually a, like small story about that. I recently ran a, an online cross training program, and I was talking to someone who was thinking about joining us as a teacher. And he was like, okay, Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in China at that time, but like it's no problem, right? Because I think it's going to be before my bedtime. You know, I was like, this is so wild. But it's true. It's like to what you said. Um, sorry, was I – did someone else want to say something? No? Cool. Um, so I'm also kind of wondering, like, Sophia, you mentioned it's hard to get a job right now. So True. How have you guys been able to make ends meet over the last three quarters of a year? Yeah, Jennifer.
1: I think uh, a blessing from the pandemic, I'm, I also teach Pilates and the Pilates instructor. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I've noticed is that a lot of people are craving a sense of embodiment uh, during this time. And I've been able to do Zoom sessions um, with a lot of my um, clients that I used to see privately in New York, we kind of transitioned to Zoom sessions, which I feel very grateful that they had the interest to do that because it doesn't, you know, it's not always enjoyable. And I think like you, Marissa, as well, I think they relied a lot on touch cues. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they were able to transition says a lot about their sort of commitment to self-care. And then also being able to teach remotely, thankfully uh, through Rutgers University. Um, I don't know how you feel, Marissa, but I feel that the teaching over Zoom has really, uh, it's been a huge talent challenge, but it's also really deepened my teaching practice in a lot of ways, also kind of um, helped train my eye a little bit better in a different way. Um, and then also forced me to really communicate clearly but also to communicate in a way that sort of includes everyone's process of learning, um, visually, image, imagery, um, linguistically. Um, so it's been a big challenge, but um, yeah, I feel very thankful to have had the work.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I think oh, wow, Zoom has some incredible challenges, including not being able to hear what people say back to you. I cannot tell you how many bad jokes I've made. And I'm like, did that land? You know, oh, whatever. But like, but I, I do think like you're right. Like I I too have been able to like, you know, I bring in videos and I bring in my body and we can spot like certain people. And sure, like there are things that you miss, but there are other things that are a little bit better. And like going back, Alexandra, to your point, it's like and, and Alex, Alexa, I think you also said something like this too. It's like people have the space to explore their bodies by themselves. So there are a lot of things that people are willing to try and do that I know that in other spheres, I would have seen people like walk out at that point. So that's been nice. Yeah. Yeah, Sophia.
4: Um, just to go back to how we're making ends meet. Yeah. Um, I just went ahead and tried to make my own job. I started a company. Um, You know, I started in the beginning of the pandemic. I was also in the restaurant industry before all this, which was not exactly helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, Just trying to apply for different types of dance jobs and it kind of led me into just kind of going off on my own and trying to start my own thing.
0: Nice. What do you do?
4: Um, I actually have a company uh, that offers dance classes for people with uh, differing abilities or disabilities. Way to go.
0: That is so awesome. Yay! How did you feel like supported in starting that? Did you have the resources you need? Where did you look?
4: Um, yeah, I mean, we're still kind of in that process. Um, it's definitely been difficult. It feels like a weird time to be trying to, you know, find funding and start a business. Sure. Um, but people have responded to, to the idea so well, mm-hmm. um, and I actually think it's kind of helpful that we're in a virtual time because I've been able to reach you know, people from my hometown in Pennsylvania that I can teach classes that I never would have attempted to reach out to before. So it's it's definitely, it's taking off a lot better than I thought it would given the circumstances. Sure.
0: Congrats, that is awesome. Alexa. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Um, on how I made ends meet uh, going off of everyone kind of, I was able to reconnect with like some of the girls in Dominican Republic that kind of remember me from when I was there and I was younger. Um, And they're still like in the school there. So it was really nice to be able to like start teaching them. Um, And at the same time that it was like helping me make money, I was also kind of learning because I had never been a teacher before. Um, So that was definitely like a new experience. Um, And as Sophia said, uh, this technology life um, Zoom classes I definitely opened up like a new path for me because I was able to meet so many teachers around the world, um, which kind of made me like think about my future a bit more. And like, if I want to move one day or if I want to join another company, if I do want to audition right now, like I, it is a weird time, but I have so many connections made from this weird time that I, um, it's definitely been kind of my goal and, like, the the, the thing that's happened, keeping me sane sure. um, and working towards a goal. So
0: Wonderful. Awesome. Um, yeah, Alexandra.
3: Um, I was also in the restaurant industry right before all of this happened. So I have been uh, surviving off the unemployment benefits. And that has been such a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also being able to... Because of everything shutting down, I was able to go home, which is North Carolina for me, um, and spend that time with my family. So I had that as my support as well. Um, I also have been inspired to start my own business practice. I'm not sure what I would call it, but I'm trying to develop that um, as my next. Uh, realizing that I can do something to support myself that is what I actually want to be spending my time doing and I feel like this pandemic was kind of like the reset button for a lot of people and for me especially being like okay now's the time because I was putting my survival first and then dance second so work came first and you know my rehearsal schedule had to fit in with work and now it's like no I want to take my life and I want to focus on what I want to be focused on and I know I can do the survival stuff you know when I need to if I need to get a job that's not in my field or uh, something that I'm not necessarily interested in but I can do it I know I can do it to survive um yeah
0: um you guys are all so awesome (laughs) like look at all of you making like entrepreneurial feats out of you know (laughs) Trying to lemons, lemons, right? Yet, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's happening. Hey, that's <laughs> it's what you got to try. You know, you won't yeah. know until you <laughs> try. So, like going back, Alexandra and Alexa, and like all of you to like Alexandra, there's a clear theme which I love about this kind of what do I need and you know, for me, right? Which I sincerely hope translates in you know, in a very positive way into the rest of your life. Um, because I feel like it definitely has a lot of potential to do so. But what I am wondering to you all is like do you have you thought about how you're going to make the transition back into the studio with a lot of people and like how you're going to I guess filter out the noise. I know we're all going to like it's gonna, first of all, it still seems very far away. Second of all, um we're all going to kind of like come back in this way where we're like, hello, people, like, haven't seen you in a while, trying to figure out how to relate to you in space. But, like, I guess circling back to my question is, have you thought about how to make that transition and not lose
2: self? Alexa. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I've been actually thinking about that for a bit because I think I've found myself so comfortable in, like, this little world that we've all kind of made at home um and when we do return i i'm just kind of like trying to think that i have like the control that i have at home when i'm with other people or when i'm outside or influenced by other situations like i still am that person that works at home and that enjoys taking class by herself and like likes learning from herself without like self-deprivation you know and so I'm kind of with the with the mindset of like you're still that girl like you can go and do your job and not feel like everything else is like affecting your you know mental health or etc so that's kind of been like a like a homework that I've been putting myself nice very nice
0: cool um We've, I mean, it seems like you all are incredibly and wonderfully resilient. So we focused on th- some good things. I know, Jennifer, you brought up some challenges and, you know, we've touched on them, but what for all of you has been, have been some of the greatest challenges in the last three quarters of a year, more than that, really? Sophia.
4: I would definitely say for myself, it's the motivation, mm-hmm. um, Like in the beginning, it was like, oh, I get to dance in my kitchen whenever I want in my pajamas," So it felt easy. And then, you know, six months in, it was like, like I'm in a New York City apartment. My kitchen is not the biggest space in the world. Um, And it's just, I know I want to obviously keep dancing, but every day waking up and finding the motivation to, you know, do another bar at my kitchen or try to take a modern class with no room. It's just, it was, I, th- I found it very frustrating. I was constantly frustrated, not being able to just like, you know, stretch out my arms without whacking the coffee maker. <laughs> sure. Sure.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Sophia. Yeah, Jennifer.
1: I'm kind of missing the, the physiological benefits of dancing. It's almost like a antidepressant in a way. And I think um, for me, it's the social aspect, moving your body. Um, and I have to work a lot hard, harder for my happiness. Um, and even just to release serotonin, I have to, you know, move my body more. Uh, because previous to the pandemic, it was kind of built into my daily life. Um, that has been a, a, a very wonderful awakening um how dance has really been almost necessary to my mental health so it's been hard not having it um have to find other ways to sort of stay happy and present yeah yeah
0: (laughs) I I think you know I don't I don't dance dance like I don't go and take a class or participate in rehearsals and stuff like that but dance is very much a part of my life right I see dancers every day and I think I was just saying this this morning to my family it's like I feel like I'm waking up without that joie de vivre like without the like excitement to get up and like go but I'm also not in a space with people anymore where we are talking about dance and moving and like you know, building each other up. I mean, sure, I, I see people on Zoom too, and I, I have to say it's been lovely, but you're it's you're right. It's not the same as being able to spontaneously have an interaction and touch and, you know, build off of each other's excitement. I miss that a lot. Yeah, Sophia.
4: And going off of that, like I've been taking just classes on my own, um, and I found that I, I find it really hard to not have the back and forth like I you know I haven't had a teacher correct me and like like it's an Instagram class or to be in a rehearsal with someone and be like okay well when I go downstage you have to go further upstage because I'm going to hit you like we're missing that that we're working on it we're changing things we're adapting mm-hmm. and it's just it's it feels weird to be dancing without that yeah. part of it yeah
0: alexa
2: um, as a classical dancer, I would say that the thing I miss the most is just like struggling with the people that I dance with, like sure. in terms of like in a corps de ballet, like I'm next to them and we're all like, oh my God, like that's so hard. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm gonna... And yes. and I find that like that kind of gets you through the day, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and i like, well, I'm going to take a class by myself and hopefully it, I'll finish it. But I think that when you're dancing with other people and they're kind of on the same boat, same wavelength as you, you know. It's a lot more motivating and I don't know, I just miss like touching people like like that sweat when you're like next to someone and you're both like, yeah, yeah. That energy. Yeah,
0: yeah. I agree. Is it weird to say I miss touching feet? I mean, it's weird. But I kind of do. I touch so I many feet. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what are you all most, you can choose either nervous or excited about, about getting back into the studio with other folks? Sophia.
4: Nervous about petite allegro. <laughs> I haven't been jumping <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. a long time. <laughs> um, no, but going off of that, just, I think just having this stamina, like technique wise, I'm like, okay, I've been practicing turning out in my kitchen or whatever, but. You can't, you you can't build stamina in you know, a 30 minute class in your, in your house.
0: Sure. Yeah. Alexandra. Um,
3: I'm looking forward to bringing the kind of like the tranquility that I've been able to find. There has been, of course, a lot of anxiety during this time, but because of the, kind of meditative internal working that has been going on for me um during all of this I'm I feel like I'm learning a lot and uh about how I want to move forward with my dance practice I think I'm kind of seeing now that my dance career quote unquote is a lifelong process for me not Mm -hmm. just a Not just a temporary, like, okay, I'm doing this to make money and be happy. Like, I'm doing this because I'm literally just exploring and learning um, for the duration of my life. This is what I want to be uh, investigating. And I think I'm learning a lot. And I'm excited to see what uh, that tranquility that I can bring into the the professional setting now of, you know, being in a group... full of people uh, a room full of people um and we are struggling but also realizing like that that is the joy it's not uh it's not a tedious uh, thing anymore um i've personally when i was home in north carolina um i was able to reconnect with the earth <laughs> mm-hmm. which i didn't realize was a big thing missing for me um i mean i've always been very connected to nature but I was trying to dance inside and then bring it outside. And then while I was able to be, you know, dancing barefoot in the grass for, uh, you know, a couple months, uh, realizing that I really do feel more connected starting outside with my movement. Um, and so that kind of groundedness, uh, I'm kind of looking to sort of bring that back into um where I've lost it, which is in the studio and in performances.
0: Awesome. Yeah, Alexa.
2: Um, Going off of Alexandra, for sure, like the tranquility that I've gained in this time alone, um, I'm definitely excited to like bring that to my regular life, Um, as well as like self-confidence. I don't know if like anybody has felt that, but... Just having to be alone is kind of a way to build yourself back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm actually really excited to go back and be able to dance and do what I love to do, but with the confidence that like my field requires to do. Nice.
1: Great. Um,
0: what was I was going to say, do you all feel like through the pandemic, you've had the resources that you need to keep? going to do what you feel like you need to do for yourselves. kind of sort of says Alexandra and Alexa with their hands. <laughs> can you say a little bit more?
3: Um I'm sorry, can you repeat? So you're asking about if we've had enough resources.
0: Yeah, so resources can be anything. They can be like um, you know, there's this great resource that's available for free at the Actors Fund that I use to help me, you know, think about my career in a different way, or there is, um, there are enough free classes or there are enough classes that I want to take or, you know, really any kind of resources.
3: I do think that there's enough resources when you're, um, actively looking for them. Mm -hmm. I haven't personally had an issue with that, but I've also, um, my focus shifted, um, from being more external to being more internal. Um, so, investigating internally to create something rather than seeing something I want to create and then working towards it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I haven't had the the external like need to get more resources than I already have available to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I also realize that is definitely a privilege thing like being able to have Zoom, Instagram classes, things like that. Um, That's not something that I take for granted but Uh, I, I have, I'm a, I know that when the time comes for me to be producing something, I think now, um, because everyone is aware of the impact that this time has had on the arts, I feel like there is becoming more resources available. Um, I don't have any, like, I can't speak on those, what those things could be, but I'm, I'm sure that that's kind of like. I hope that that's kind of like coming up in the works.
0: Totally. Um, Look at Sophia down there. She's doing it. <laughs> She's bringing it. That's great. Yeah, Sophia.
4: Um, going off that, I think I've realized how many resources have been out there that I've never even looked for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that just for me personally, um, cause I've also kind of been making ends meet with unemployment and, you know, small things here and there. Um, I wish that there was more s- free stuff. I know that sounds like silly to say, like, obviously we wish everything was free, but, um, as a dancer, um, like there were free classes on Instagram, but after a year that felt like limited,
0: sure.
4: um, and then to pay for virtual classes that I still had to do in my kitchen, um, was a little tough.
0: Do you mean, like, when you say free resources, so do you just mean, like, dance stuff, dance classes and things of that nature?
4: Um, Yeah, I think specifically there that's, like, for me personally to take classes. I think I'm talking in terms of classes. I'm not saying there weren't a lot of free classes because there definitely were Mm -hmm. um, a ton. But just, you know, to change it up, to take different classes, to have different teachers, um, money was, you know – Not a total issue, but it came up.
0: Thank you.
2: Yeah, Alexa. So I agree with Alexandra Sophia fully that like there's definitely a lot of things out there that even I didn't know about. And I've even like learned, um, like taken Pilates classes that I had never done before or um, conditioning classes like yoga, you know? So in terms of that, there's for me been enough um, but this, is this may, I don't know, this may come weird, but m- like flooring wise, like my Marley, the wood, the bars, that's very expensive. It's been kind of like, it's like weirdly unaccessible to get wood flooring, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was definitely the biggest like issue I had in my house. But again, like, I don't know, in, not in a normal situation, would you ever need uh, like a, wood panel that's like good for (laughs) dance right you never know (laughs) yeah so great have
0: any of you have any of you been back in the studio since the start of the pandemic yes what yeah jennifer what's your experience been like
1: I was able in the fall, we did, uh, with Laura Peterson Choreography, we were able to do a one show, and Alexandra, you probably know this, (laughs) in the theater that was live streamed, Zoomed to a dance studies class. So we were able to actually perform in the theater with no audience, um, and we were able to just have two rehearsals in the city. Um, And... Recently, I've been back in Ohio and I've been, there's a few less, uh, there's fewer restrictions here. So I've been able to just take uh, one ballet class a week, fully masked. Oh, but let me tell you, I've never um, realized how much I think myself and maybe my colleagues take for granted how strong we are uh, because I feel like the weakest person doing the simplest things across the floor, Um, but I'm very grateful for that one class a week. It keeps me sane, Um, but it's also very, very humbling. Um,
4: Yeah. (laughs) Sophia? Um, I got to take one open contemporary class. Um, Somebody from like a local small contemporary uh, company just held it in one of the studios you can rent in New York and we were masked and you know she had a small group of people in there um, that was only a few weeks ago so it had been like 10 11 months since I'd been in a studio um, and honestly the greatest part was that like everyone in there was strangers and I was like oh my god like I'm like you know teasing the guy next to me who I don't know about like the floor work we just did and I was like um, but I also realized that I just appreciated everything like. She had us do an improv across the floor and I was never like the person to be like, yay, like we get to improv. But I was like, oh my God, I'm going to run and slide and jump. And like, it was just, it was wonderful. So good. Yeah. That's great.
0: Great. Is there anything else that you want to talk about regarding your COVID experiences? Thoughts, realizations? Ever want this to happen again? Yeah, Alexa. <laughs> okay.
2: So I actually was talking to my little sister who's back in Maker public and has been unable to like go into a studio because I had the, the privilege of going in uh, with the company for like two weeks anyway. Um, and I was, she was like, how do you like, like keep motivated? Like, I just want to quit, you know, because she's young and... And I kind of realized that this entire time, like what's kind of kept me going is that like you only have yourself. And if you really like internalize that and think about that, it's like really enlightening to realize that like your body is is like your biggest friend. And it's like the only thing you generally have for life because, you know, it, it's you. And And so I was telling him like, you have full control of who you are, what you are, what you do, and how you move. And and it's actually kind of comforting mm-hmm. that you have yourself. So I don't know. That was a really big realization in my brain. <laughs> but Yeah.
0: That's really awesome. I feel like, you know, correct me if others of you don't feel the same way, but I feel like that goes back to this whole, like, we're seeking external validation and we're not enough, right? But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like, we are everything that we need. I mean, we have, there are other resources if you need help with that, but you know, still. Great. Yeah. Alexandra.
3: Um, so in my reconnecting with the earth, uh, I have started exploring more, um, my ancestry as a source of my inspiration and my, um, kind of like a direction to follow. Um, I'm multiracial and my Black heritage, we can only trace back to South Carolina. So we don't know our roots. Um, But realizing that even without a name of my people, I can use movement investigations to reconnect Mm -hmm. um, with my roots on a spiritual level. Um, So that's something that I've kind of been... Diving into and that has opened up a lot of different things um, in in that field. Um, and a lot of inspiration uh, has come from that. So that's something that I I think I was getting there before the pandemic. I was starting to to use that as like you know this is something that I really want to explore. Um, but since reconnecting with the earth and realizing this, um, I don't know, there's this this disconnect that we have right now from, from physical people, like from physical touch, um, but we're still connected. Mm-hmm. And even that mentality, realizing that my physical body is physically connected to each one of my ancestors going up and up and up. It was once a very physical part of each one of my ancestors. So trying to take that as the like pathway um, is something that I'm really happy that that has come out of my investigation um, over this time.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Great. Thank you all, all four of you awesome women for being here and for sharing candidly your experiences. Um, I'm sure our listeners will appreciate it. Um, That's, that's all. Thank you. Take care. On behalf of Ellie and myself, I, Marissa Schaefer, want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Dancewell Podcast. Our intro soundscape was composed by the dynamic duo Brendan Barry and Dylan Ezzi, and dancer designer Katie Dean crafted our visual image. To those of you who have made this season possible by contributing to Dancewell, we are infinitely grateful. We wouldn't be where we are without you. Your donations help us to pay for SoundCloud membership, website fees and upgrades, and our recording technology. If you too would like to make a contribution to DanceWell, please follow the link in the description of this podcast to visit our GoFundMe page. We thank you in advance for your support. And lastly, if you like what you hear, we invite you to go to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and search DanceWell Podcast to subscribe. You can also view all of our episodes and learn more about this podcast by visiting our website at www.dancewellpodcast.com. If you have questions or want to get in touch, email us at dancewellpodcast at gmail.com. Bye.